swing and a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did. He got it. Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. High He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another playoff edition of the Benny and the Bets podcast. We'll be touching on the Rays-Astros series as well as the Braves-Dodgers series, and then in the end, we'll discuss the World Series matchup between the Rays and the Dodgers, as well as giving our picks. Should be a good show. All these playoff shows have been a big hit so far. Tons of positive feedback, so uh, happy to do uh, basically one last uh, preview show anyway. Joining me tonight is the normal uh, playoff crew, Charlie Smith, Jason Kelly. How are you guys? I'm okay. Good, man. Good. Houston didn't make it. I'm not hurting. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wanted Houston. Yeah, that the Red Sox needed to still be the only team to come back from th- down three nothing, and uh, luckily that's still intact. Uh, and, and you know, I had some fun with some Yankees fans with that, uh, you know, throughout the weekend. So yeah, so all right, a uh, couple of game sevens after looking like they might have been some non-competitive series on both sides of the bracket, but uh, some some epic comebacks in there. Uh, getting over to the Rays Astros, I think we all picked the Rays, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We picked. I think you guys actually. I think all three of us picked Rays and Rays and six. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Could have been raising four, like I said, but uh, they had to make it interesting. But uh, go ahead, Charlie. I guess uh, you were pretty locked into uh, both these matchups. What did you, uh, what was your roller coaster ride like through that series? Um, well, it was it was a whole lot of okay, cool. Game one, game two, game three were all pretty much what we predicted. We didn't think Houston really had it. What I really liked was that you had Blake Snell one, Morton two, Yarborough three, and all three starters gave you five innings of work. Uh, they each averaged a total of one earned run because you had Snell give up one, Morton was just on fire, and then Yarborough allowed two. Um, a Rosarena might be one of my favorite no-name players now. Um, I felt really bad for Framber in Game 1 because he got really no run support. But, I mean, a 2-1 game, what are you expecting? Um, Tampa Bay's bullpen for the first three games combined for 12 innings allowed, 12 hits, 2 earned runs, 10 strikeouts, and just one home run allowed. That's insane. Um, game 3... Could have gone either way. Uh, 
Paredes ended up giving up three runs on two hits in a third of an inning. He was like the the Red Sox version of Matt Hall. It was bad. Like he went in and it just which is weird because during the regular season he was good. Um but game three especially, I mean, I I thought because Terry, Terry, I think you did kind of utter it at one point that you thought Houston would go down in four, maybe five. Springer, Bregman, Correa, Gurriel, one for 15 in game three. Like, nothing good happened. Um, my favorite was game two because a former player of the Red Sox who got traded and discarded by both the Red Sox and San Diego, uh, Manuel Margot, ended up hitting uh, a home run and ended up basically starting the party. He's had five home runs in the postseason. No one knew who he was before this series started. Rosarena, same thing. He's had as many home runs in the postseason as he's had in the in the, uh, in the regular season. That was the first three games. So I said, okay, cool. Tampa Bay in four. And then Houston was like, ah, well, we got to make shit interesting. So then the next three games, everything completely flips. Um... Granky does great. Uh, Springer and Altuve suddenly find the, uh, you know, going yard ability because Altuve at first was absolutely sucking, was like, you know, bringing back the good old Chuck Knobloch days. Um, and I miss those days as a Red Sox fan. But uh, what was absolutely special was a Rosarena never really had a, a bad day. He kept on doing everything the right way. Um Springer, Altuve, and Rosarena had a home run and two RBIs each in Game 4. Solo shots in Game 5. Finally, uh, Valdez has some support in Game 6 before Tampa Bay says, all right, boys, Houston, y'all are a problem. It's time to go home. And Charlie Morton comes out in Game 7 and does exactly what he's known to do. No runs, just shuts everything down. Rosarena hits another home run, and it's like it, it's like home run derby for him in this series. Um, you, what Tampa Bay's relief was able to do in the first three games was similar to what Houston relievers are trying to do towards the end. Lance McCullers got rocked again, and I felt really, really bad, but not as bad as I did for another starter, for the lack of a better term, in another series that we're going to cover in a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay winning game seven, doing what they were supposed to do. I'm really happy that it ended the way it did. I will pass this off to Jason. Yeah, this, this Rosarena kid is, he's fun to watch. And you got to look back at that trade. And if you're the Cardinals, you got to be kicking yourself a little bit for that one. Because, I mean, I guess Jose Martinez, you didn't mind giving up on him. I don't know if they really wanted him around. You know, they didn't really have a spot for him necessarily but they got a pitching prospect back for a rosarena which is fine but again it's a rosarena is here now he's 25 and he's he looks like he's starting to announce his presence and who knows if matthew liberator the pitcher they got is you know gonna be a future stud or not um he's he's incredible he's he just hits the ball you know every single game like charlie said he didn't take a day off um this series was interesting to me because going in, I said the Astros will struggle because their pitching isn't enough and their offense will keep them in it, but the pitching is just not going to hold up. Their, their pitching actually wasn't terrible. I mean, none of these games are blowouts. Um, Granky and McCullers both kind of turned it around. They both pitched pretty well. 
Um, Framber Valdez pitched well. And it was more just that their offense, it was carried by two guys. It was Springer and Altuve. That was basically it. Alex Bregman was a complete no-show in this series, um, which is not good for the runner-up MVP of just a few years ago. So uh, Correa, you know, for all the all the mashing that Correa did in the, you know, in the prior series, um, he kind of disappeared a little bit, ended up hitting just 259 by the end of it. So the Astros bats got quiet. It was, it was two guys basically carrying them. And even though their starting pitching did well, their bullpen was not very good. And the Rays just did what they always do. They manufactured runs. They got good starting pitching and their bullpen held it down. Um, and some of their guys, didn't show up either but when you've got a rosarena hitting everything g-man Choi is you know having a great series too um again it's the race they'll, they'll find a way to manufacture runs they always do they don't need to rely on superstar bats that's how they got here it's it's a collection of guys that they can plug and play and you know one you know one game one guy goes off another game it's a totally different guy um you know, and, and again, they got a pretty quiet series out of guys from like Austin Meadows and some of their bigger names. So what happens if those guys start hitting in the World Series? So, you know, the Rays, I think the Rays were always the better team, obviously. It's just the Astros just had the star power. And the biggest fear was if that star power comes to fruition and they look like the Astros from a few years ago all over again, the Rays might be in trouble. But that didn't happen. Um, they didn't get enough contributions from their offense, and it ended up costing them. So congrats to the Rays. Uh, they continue to piss off the rest of baseball because they just don't spend money, they don't think, do things conventionally, and they still take down powerhouse teams. And it's it's kind of fun to watch at this point. So I'm, I'm glad they got through. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was 3 to nothing. And it was looking like a cakewalk. And the Astros, uh, you know, won game four by a run. Won game five uh, also by a run. That was with the George Springer walk-off. So a couple of missed opportunities there for the Rays to kind of make quick work out of the Astros. And then I felt okay because I'm rooting for the Rays just like you guys are. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll rag on the the Astros here in a minute. But, um, but Tampa's pitching is so good. And, you know, you got Blake Snell in game six. I know he hasn't been super sharp, but you got to feel okay about that. And then you got Charlie Morton in game seven. And it does end up going. Uh, to game seven. Um, And I'm just, especially after this season, I mean, I don't know what Charlie Morton's legacy is going to be, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. But in this decade, he was a hell of a postseason pitcher, you know, with that long relief stuff he did with the Astros, uh, you know, in the, in the 2017 postseason didn't give up a single earned run in this ALCS. And I I said Snell wasn't sharp a minute ago. And I remember thinking to myself, well, it's it's a good thing they're pitching in that order. You know, it's going to be Snell game six, 
Morton in Game 7 because Morton's the guy I want. I like Glass now as well, but obviously that was never going to be in play because of, you know, how they were staggered out, you know, throughout the series. But really impressed with with Charlie Morton. And, you know, you mentioned a Rosarena, and admittedly I wasn't familiar with him at all, and he didn't start the season, you know, with with the Rays, uh, you know, out of spring training 2.0. And it's kind of curious to me that they, they get him in this deal because in a small sample size in 2019, he, he only had 23 plate appearances in, in, in 19 games, but I mean, he, in that small sample size, he hit 300, his OBP was just under 400, and his slugging percentage was 500 even. So I don't have his minor league stats up, but I mean, for as anemic as St. Louis's offense has been, I'm just kind of surprised that you know they gave up on this guy. So I mean, I'm and I'm curious to see what he's going to do for Tampa in the years to come. I mean. This probably isn't a great comparison, but nobody thought Mookie Betts was going to be Mookie Betts. He was a fourth rounder. He got called up halfway through a last play season. They changed his position a month before he came up out of necessity, you know, from second base to uh, center field. And then he moved to right field the season after. But kind of a guy who came out of nowhere. And I wasn't even from Mookie wasn't even on my radar coming into the 2014 season you know he didn't fly through the minors he was drafted in 2011 so you know you're gonna have a Rosarena you know on the American League side of this World Series you're gonna have Mookie on the National League side I'm just I'm just kind of curious to see how big of a superstar he might turn into or maybe he's just gonna be a flash in the pan I don't know but Glad the Rays got it together. You know, a couple of those games, like I said, were close. That that Springer walk-off was brutal because I, I just thought if it goes into extra innings, you know, the Rays probably had the edge. But, yeah, and I'll say this, you know, because we're not going to be saying many nice things about the Astros here in a second. Dusty Baker did a hell of a job. <laughs> the The perfect guy... At the perfect time for this team. And, you know, maybe he's had his flaws. He hadn't won a postseason series since 2003 as a manager. And I just thought his leadership navigating, you know, the pitching the way he did. I just, I thought he did an excellent job. But anyway, Charlie, what did you think about Jose Altuve? Oh, am I allowed to vent about this? Because I was so happy that, uh, you know, Jason already mentioned the fact that Bregman didn't get it done. Bregman doesn't really do damage unless he hears a bang or bang, 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 or bang, bang to know what's coming. Because clearly, <laughs> if he doesn't know what's coming, uh, the guy can't hit. And uh, I don't give a damn what you do during the regular season. If you can't hit in the postseason, 162 games or 60 games in this season don't mean diddly squat. Um, 
I've never seen someone kind of look like they forgot how to field their position like Jose Altuve did. It was very odd. Like, when you watch the game, um, and I watch, admittedly, I watch all of the games uh, in this series because I wanted a reason to doubt Houston again because they'd made me look silly twice. And for the first three games, I was like, ha got him. Um, I, my, my thing about Tampa Bay is they always make, you know, it's, it's, it's people who think that their team is fool's gold. And they make them all look, they all make them look great. Charlie Morton was already good from Houston. His legacy, like you mentioned, is going to be that guy that pitched in Houston and Tampa Bay and just didn't allow a run. But Altuve also, like, two errors in a game and then another error and another one. You're just like, wait, what's, what's happening? I don't even remember the last time that Jose Altuve, if he's ever had to in one game, um, like, ever. Like he's usually really, really good at his position. Uh, admittedly, so you're you're playing second base. You you're five foot nothing. You weigh hundred pounds soaking wet. Uh, you can move like lightning because you weigh nothing. You're really not helping the team if you can't field your position. Could you imagine Jose Altuve as your DH? What a waste. Uh, I, I, disappointing doesn't doesn't say enough. Um, if he if he learns to field his position, I think. Game two could have potentially gone the other way um, because Jason mentioned there were no blowouts. Uh, Tampa Bay won a one-run game, a two-run game, a three-run game. Houston won two one-run games and a three-run game. That's as close as close gets. All seven games were save-opportunity-type games. Um, This was an incredibly exciting series for multiple reasons, mostly because Houston's not in it. No one forgot, and I don't think anyone wanted to see Houston in the World Series except for Los Angeles. That is the only team that wanted to see him. That's it. Yeah, and um, just to follow up on Charlie Morton, he's 7-2 and two with a 2.84 ERA in the postseason. And so you look at it, and like if you take out 2018 when the Red Sox blew him up and... 2017, when he didn't pitch that great against the Yankees, he'd have like a microscopic postseason ERA, and it's kind of a shame that he was stuck in Pittsburgh for so long when he couldn't figure out his mechanics properly or whatever was going on there. Because if he was on a better team, you know, for a majority of his career, he would have probably the best postseason numbers, you know, we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to pull it up right now. I'm I'm never quick at that, but um, I think he did pitch the wild card game last season to get the Rays past Oakland. Uh, Yeah, he did. Yeah, so I mean that that was another time where you know he was heavily leaned on and and came through. And this is a guy who's I think 36, 37 years old. I think his birthday's in November. And just crazy how he just came along so late and and found it. I mean, Rich Hill, I guess you know, similar situation there. But um, but yeah, just just a great story, a, a great guy to root for. Um, you know, we'll get into our pick shortly, but he's gonna he's gonna have another chance to to really stamp that 
you know, his, you know, final say on his legacy, uh, you know, in the World Series this year. So, you know, I, 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 I love him. I, I hope it happens. And with Altuve, he did. He, he had the yips. And it was so funny because I think it was – it was the TBS crew doing the um, American League side, and they didn't even want to say the yips. Uh, Brad Anderson and uh, already forgot who's in the booth with him, but they just didn't even want to say the yips. They're like, "Yeah, he's got that thing." And the low point for Altuve was Game Three because he had an error early in the game. And it led to multiple runs being scored, and the you know the the Rays ended up winning that game five to two. So um, you know he legitimately cost you know Houston that game. You know with his with his bad defense. So you know so may, maybe that was karma. You know. Uh, a few years later, but yeah, I want to say one thing though. We can hate on Carlos Correa because he's kind of been the most visible guy. You know, he's been in the most Twitter wars since the, the scandal was brought to light. And, you know, the media pointed out how the Astros had a couple of opportunities last winter. They had like their own winter carnival thing, whatever they call it. And then that went so bad that they had an extra media day before spring training 1.0 opened and they botched it every time. And you had Correa getting into it with, I think Bellinger, you know, with the Dodgers and whatnot. And, you know, you had the, the Joe Kelly incident. You had the the first base coach incident with uh, Oakland there that led to the benches clearing. But the team had to move on. You know, they had to move on for themselves. They had to move on for the fans of Houston. And I was kind of starting to respect Correa's leadership because he was the one firing up the team. Did you guys see where Yandy Diaz, I think it might have been in game six, pimped his walk? He just drew a walk and he just kind of pimped it at the plate. And that led to, you know, the him and Maldonado kind of had words and then Correa came in and kind of had words and umpires were having to get in between them just to make sure it didn't escalate further. And then Correa walks to the mound and Valdez is still on the mound and he gets right in Valdez's face and says, don't you take that, you know, from him, never take that stuff from him. And, you know, it was that type of leadership that I, I think helped get them there. So as much as I, I still rooted against them, I kind of respected it a, a little bit. And and they definitely weren't cheating. I mean, we you know, you would hear a trash can a mile away in an empty stadium. So um, hmm. there was there was no cheating and they had a losing record. I I'm going to boldly assume they would have had a winning record. If it was 162 games, I, I think they would have figured it out. And, um, you know, so 
So I, I kind of respected uh, the leadership there on Korea, and but in the end, you know, I'm glad glad uh, the Rays got it done, and and I'm glad Morton, you know, was was the biggest reason for that. But any other observations uh, for the series? Yeah, go ahead, Charlie. You know, I'm I'm curious if. You know, I'm I'm actually really curious if being mic'd up like the time where he didn't want to rip off his jersey when he's wearing a mic, um, or you know, transmit or whatever. Uh, I'm curious if maybe because he wasn't used to not wearing one, maybe that's what caused him to struggle throwing. <laughs> uh, I'm just being an, being a jerk on purpose, but I've I've lost complete respect for that entire team about how they were. You know, it was a half-assed apology when they did it. Bregman is just a chump. Um, Korea, Korea also just garbage. And I can't stand behind someone who, you know, this is a team that deserves to have walks pimped on them. This is a team that played the game with no class. And when you play as a classless organization, you deserve to get doo-dooed on. And you know what? While it was, it was, it was great that Tampa Bay uh, did what they did. I think they were just toying. You know, I, I genuinely think a little part of them was like, you know what? We probably could make this go seven games. We're still going to win. Because I just didn't think that Houston Houston had it. The first three games of the ALCS, the only thing going through my mind was, wow, it's the American League version of the Miami Marlins. This team shouldn't be in the playoffs right now. Like, that's really what was going through my mind. I mean, it was the men playing against the boys. Houston has superstar sluggers on their team. But again, unless you hear a, yes, that's me banging. Uh, they don't hit. And I honestly think like Houston's team is a joke. I, I do. I do. I do. I'm not going to lie. Um, I thought, I thought Houston was probably going to win in game seven. I just based on the momentum. W- once we got to game seven, let me be clear about that. I, I just felt like going into Saturday, I, I thought they were going to win, but go go ahead, Jason. No, I, I was just going to say it's comical that uh, Carlos Correa, who of course has never pimped anything in his career, is going to get all bent out of shape because someone is pimping something against him. And granted, like, I do agree, pimping a walk is a bit much. Like, okay, <laughs> dude, it's a walk. Like, relax. It's, you know, everyone everyone gets him now. Like, you know, but I don't know. Correa and Maldonado and, like, just those guys, like, getting all bent out of shape over that. Like, I don't know. You've got Alex Bregman on your team who goes on Instagram and posts videos about opposing pitchers. It's like, oh, look at all the home runs I hit off him. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Barstool retweet me. Uh. Like, you know, <laughs> get over it, Correa. So I, I do sort of agree with your point, though, Terry, that, like, I think that if Correa was on the team you rooted for, you would love him. You know, like, he's he's got that sort of fiery, you know, leader, a-hole type of personality. But because he's on the Astros, <laughs> I can't stand him. I just, I can't stand him at all. With the, the, I mean, I've never, never major league baseball player that still shops at Baby Gap. Just don't do it. With the pimped walk, you know, from Diaz, it was a little weird. But at the same time, he he had to fire up his team too because they were on their way to losing that game. That was Game Six, and so I didn't. It's hard for me to really blame either either player. You know, in that case, but, um, but yeah, it 
like I said, in the end, uh, the the good guys won. The bad guys went home, and that's all that mattered. I, I will say this, though. Actually, this is uh, something I'd love to point out. It would have sucked if the Astros won, but I would have at least briefly went on Yankees Twitter and just laughed at their misery that <laughs> that the Astros weaseled their way into the World Series. I just because, you know, the Yankees were rooting for the Rays, you know, for that reason. We were we were rooting for the Rays because we wanted our 2004 thing to, to stay intact I mean, I think that was the biggest reason for most of us. You know, the Yankees have a lot more reasons to be madder, uh, you know, at the Astros than we do. You know, they lost both those championship series to them in 2017 and 2019. And, you know, we might have lost in 2017, but even if we got by the Astros, I mean, John Farrell was managing the team. It was... Fenway was almost like a prison to a lot of those players. You know, nobody was having fun, and um, it just it didn't have the feel of a of a team that was going to go far. And then the following year, you know, we we threw out that guy. Remember the guy stealing signs on the third base camera well there with the cell phone, and we escorted him out. The Indians called us and tipped us off, and. And I think Houston won that night and then never won a single game after that in that championship series. So so we've we've won a World Series at, at Houston's expense. So I just think it would have been a lot more painful for Yankees fans to have to sit through, you know, the Astros playing in the World Series. But I I would have I would have at least enjoyed that aspect of it. But, oh, Yankees pain will always be entertaining. Yeah, so that that's probably the one downside to Houston losing is that we don't get to rub it in just a little bit more. Yeah, and now I, I've i gotten the vibe from them that a lot of them are going to be rooting for the Dodgers because that's the team with the big payroll, you know, that kind of identifies with the Yankees because they're a big spending team. So... I, I don't think I just get the impression from a lot of Yankees fans now that they they don't want that small market team to you know indirectly make a mockery out of them by winning it with a seventy million dollar payroll you know <laughs> so we'll see but uh, d- d- getting into the uh, other side of it now um, the the Braves and the Dodgers the the Braves obviously blew a, a three to one lead, and I uh, I probably should have had the tweet up a little sooner than this, but the Indians had a had a funny tweet earlier. Um, pulling it up right now, they uh, oh I think I yeah I think I saw that it was like meetings for the <laughs> yeah. up three one club or every Thursday or something. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it says. <laughs> the support group for the. The three to yeah. one, yeah. That that was actually the second. See, Cleveland lost. You know, they were up three to one against the Cubs, but a lot of people might forget that they were up in the 2007 ALCS three to one against the Red Sox, and we came back and won three straight that time. So not quite as dramatic as 04 was, but almost. And and that was a really good Cleveland team as well, at least offensively. 
And uh, yeah, so Cleveland Cleveland has a record of of choking, and um, you know now now the Braves uh, have that that distinction. But Charlie, go ahead. What were your thoughts on how that series went? So I watched. Um, I didn't watch all of this series. I watched about six games. Well, six games in an inning because game three was just a joke. Um, this was another fun game. Like the be- game one was actually really, really exciting. Um, pitchers duel Bueller and uh, Freed did fantastic. Um, you you can't hate on either one of them. You can't blame either one for the way that this game uh, went. And similar to the Tampa Bay Rays, both of those starters went five or, or more, uh, allowing one run. And it was the same thing. Like this was going to be a pitchers duel. We'll see what happens. And then. End of game one, everyone remembers what happened. Uh, Braves went off. Mookie Betts, Bellinger, Smith, Muncie, 0 for 15 with six strikeouts. So when your hitters don't hit, you lose the game. Game two was probably my favorite game uh, of that series just because of how how quickly baseball can change. And it looked like it was going to be a complete blowout. And then slowly but surely, L.A.'s kind of sniffing and coming back. Ian Anderson, I think, is one of those sleeper starters that you can't you can't really go to bed on. And the only reason why I think the Dodgers didn't get game two is because Kershaw got scratched. They had some scrub pitching, and he couldn't get it done. Um, Freeman does what he does. Albies has been kind of an interesting year for him. Um, but Seager, holy pancakes, dude. The guy just doesn't stop hitting and he hits when they need him the most la admittedly so halfway through the first inning i was like okay cool congratulations la you made history kind of bored with this game uh game four atlanta's like okay haha jokes on you turning it around and that was the marcelo zuna show um but the the funny stat was through four games freddie freeman was hitting 429 and ozzy albies was hitting 471 this game by right should have been done in five uh, or six, right? Um, you, you think, uh, I, I, I vaguely remember saying, Braves will get lucky <laughs> if they get one. Sorry, and Charlie. Said, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm so glad I didn't remind you. That was, that was great. That was great. But you know what? I actually have to apologize, too, because I said the Braves would win. The Braves would, uh, you know, they, they would get it in six. It didn't end up being six. So I'm sorry to you guys, too, that they ended up getting a third win. Well, we almost uh, had to apologize to everybody for, you know, not picking them to begin with. Almost had to. I know. To. I know. The, the, the saddest start of this entire series was game five. Because A.J. Minter allowed one hit, struck out seven in three innings of work. The guy was so locked down. He allowed two earned runs in 21 and two-thirds, allowed one earned run in five and a third with 10 strikeouts in the postseason. The relievers after May in game five, four hits, seven innings, one earned run, a walk, and seven strikeouts. In addition to Seager again hitting two homers and Smith deciding to hit another home run. So so now you have the bats coming alive and Dodgers relievers just going off. Um. Game six and game seven was the same thing. Fantastic pitching by by Bueller again. He struck out six and six innings. Freed did not do as well. Kind of got blown up. Seager again with another home run. 
Acuna was nowhere on the on the planet. I mean, he's hitting a buck seventy six going into game six. One of your best hitters, one of the best players in baseball as far as offense goes. You can't do a damn thing. Game seven was um, a combination of incredible depth at the starting the starting pitcher role. You have Julio Urias coming in for three innings, didn't allow a hit, a walk, a strikeout, nothing. The Braves had no hits after the Austin Riley RBI single. I had to look back because I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. I don't think they got another hit since like the third, fourth inning. Yeah, no hits in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. And after Riley, the fourth. Six innings of no-hit baseball. Sorry, you can't live on that. And I give the Red Sox the assist because Mookie Betts robbed a fifth-inning bomb by Freddie Freeman. Ian Anderson, unfortunately, couldn't get it done. But, I mean, when you have that kind of depth, when you have starting pitchers as relievers, that's deadly. It, your starter can go two, three innings. Oh, that's all right. Don't worry. We'll just put in uh, Julio, and he'll get six innings, and he'll be good in two days. That's disgusting. I don't care what you say. Um, Braves had a chance to put this away and unfortunately weren't able to uh, to get it done. You have to respect the Dodgers for being able to do what they did. You start uh, you start down 3-1, and then you lose. You know, you win the next three. You did your job. You did what you were supposed to do. Credit the Dodgers for doing it. Sad for the Braves, but you know what? The Braves will be back. Yeah. Um, much like how I told Marlins fans when the Braves beat them to go to the NLCS, I, I told the Marlins, it's just it's not your time right now. It's Atlanta's time to go to the NL- NLCS. I'm going to say the same thing to Braves fans. It's just not your time yet. It's not your time to be a World Series team. Uh, this Dodgers team was the best team in the NL all year round. Um they went down early in the series, but they eventually won it because they just they were the better team. Um, Charlie's right; Atlanta's going to be back. They're they've got such a good core there. They've just got to add some pitching, and they're going to be nasty. Um, and they need guys like Acuna and you know Dansby Swanson to be a little bit more consistent. Um, they are probably going to lose Ozuna in the off season, so that's going to hurt them as well. But that team's nasty. They've got such so much good young talent. There's no way they're not back. So to Braves fans, I know it hurts, but you've got a lot to look forward to. So, you know, I, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about this one. Um, this game or this series really came down to game six for me because if Max Freed outdueled Walker Bueller, it's over. And I really thought there was a chance of that. I thought Freed could have done it. And Walker Bueller just really showed up he's been so filthy uh in this series and in this postseason and he really kind of became the true dodger ace in that game i know everyone will still tell you it's kershaw but uh if i'm a dodgers fan i feel much more comfortable with walker bueller pitching a deciding game or a potential elimination game than i do clayton kershaw right now um because he's just out of this world and Corey seager went off and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him after the season's over. Obviously, you know, we'll let the World Series play out first. But uh, he's, you know, he's got some questions about his future. And I think he's trying to prove that, you know, the year away with the injury and everything, he's definitely back. Um, Dodgers just, you know, again, they just have all the right pieces. They've got, you know, playoff veterans. They've got battle-tested players that 
just know how to win. Guys like Kike Hernandez, who can come off the bench and hit, you know, a, a game-tying home run in a Game 7 just out of nowhere. Like, they just have players like that. And, you know, and again, they, they didn't get a ton of contributions from some of their stars. Bellinger, I know, hit the hit the go-ahead homer in Game 7, but he still hit 200 for the series, so he still struggled a little bit. Uh, Mookie Betts hitting 269 and making an okay catch you know i mean it, it was fine i mean i don't know if it, i don't know if it was going to be a home run i mean you know i've seen jackie bradley make that catch in his sleep um so you know i don't know why everyone lost their mind about that i've seen way better catches so it was okay um but i mean imagine if if Betts starts to really turn it on which given his history who knows but you know dodgers They've got all the pieces. And Dave Roberts, I feel like, is finally, you know, he's starting to come into his own as a manager. I like that he left Urias in in Game 7. He didn't go to the bullpen. He did not, you know, let's give Kenley Jansen a redemption shot. Thank God he didn't do that for Dodgers fans because that could have ended in disaster. Uh, he made the right move, sticking with Urias. He, he kind of pushed all the right buttons. So... Congrats to the Dodgers. They they were the best team all year. Um, Braves pushed them to the limit. But at the end of the day, I think that battle-tested sort of veteran core really came through. And uh, if some of their other guys start to really turn it on, then Rays could be in trouble. My so I honestly feel like the reason why that catch was as big as it was was because when you go six innings after an RBI single and you don't get a damn hit, you have got to celebrate when you think something finally went your way because you're winning the game at that time and then uh during the course of that game there was the the base running snafu i don't know what the hell they were thinking but that was do you you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah Yeah. it was it was awful it was like pedestrian it was something you get you know you fix this bs in spring training don't bring that crap here in the playoffs that happened the home run got robbed, and as soon as that happened, there was no more gas left. It was as if it was as if Atlanta was like, "We can do this, we can do this." And six and a half six and a half games in, it's like, "All right, we're just gonna try to maybe get by." And honest to God, if the Braves were in the World Series, I think they were gonna get taken out in five. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, they looked like they had no juice left. Tampa Bay looked lethargic at times. But still, I'm not sleeping on Tampa Bay. Uh, a Moneyball team, I'll, I'll, I'll take that every day that ends in Y and twice on Sunday. And, uh, you know, it, it, Atlanta will have their opportunity. Clayton Kershaw had a fantastic opportunity to add to his playoff lore. Um, the guy just can't seem to do it in playoffs. I, I don't understand it. Like, he couldn't, he didn't do well against San Diego. He got rocked against Atlanta. Um, what are we going to expect from him in, in in the in the World Series? Like, you don't know what Clayton Kershaw you're going to get. Are you going to get Clayton Kershaw that dominates? Or are you going to get Clayton Kershaw that just gets smoked? Well, he, yeah. he didn't and get he, any He's the exact, he's the antithesis of, like, a Charlie Morton in the playoffs. I mean, Kershaw's 11-12 and 12 with an ERA of almost 5. In, in the postseason, like, and I, he's probably a Hall of Famer, and I know that a lot of people in L.A. dub him 
the best left-hander since Koufax, but that postseason record is bad. Like, ooh, real bad. He he didn't quite have the longevity, and, you know, I think most of those runs were, once he was taken out, you know, they were charged to him. Uh, I forget who came out of the pen. might have been Gratterall, actually, because um, I know he got knocked around one game. But my, my big takeaway, though, for this series is – the Dodgers did a hell of a job making adjustments uh, on a lot of these pitchers the the second time they saw them. Like, you know, with Freed, they got they put up three runs in the first inning, and then they they didn't do anything after that. But they must have known something and was able to pounce on him. And then Freed was lights out for the next what four and two thirds innings, something like that. And then you had Ian Anderson in Game 7, and I felt pretty good about that. He hadn't given up a single run in the entire postseason, including the wild card round against Cincinnati. So um, I just thought, well, geez, you know, I felt pretty good, actually, even going into Game 6, because I'm like, you got Freed Game 6, you got Anderson Game 7, that's perfect. There, there wasn't a better situation than that, much like Snell and Morton on the other side. So, But the Dodgers just found a way to, you know, to get to these guys. And, and I, you got you to gotta hand it to them. You got to hand it to them. And, you know, game six, like, like you said, they, they were just the whole Atlanta offense was just completely flat. And, yeah, they were in there against Walker Bueller. I actually picked Bueller in 2019 to win the Cy Young. He was my Cy Young pick on that side. I think he finished sixth or seventh. He he had a pretty good season, but wasn't wasn't quite as dominant as I thought he would uh, be. And he also pitched that 18 inning game. He was the starting pitcher, and I think he went like seven and two thirds into that game as well. So I mean, he's. He's definitely a big game pitcher, and uh, I'm sure he's gonna, you know, he he's gonna be uh, a force here in, in the World Series. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I thought I had one or two other things to point out here. Uh, Dave Roberts probably saved his job by getting out of this round. I think he probably gets fired if if he doesn't, you know, advance past this round. You you look at the 2018 World Series, you know, benching Muncie and Bellinger for the first two games, you know. Well, I think they came in late into those games, but they were on the bench for the first six or seven innings, and that was a little weird. And then they just completely underachieved last year, got beat by the Nationals uh, in the in the NLCS. So I think that kind of kind of saved him and Chris uh, excuse me uh, Jason I, I kind of uh, agree with you I think you know he's it's it's debatable as to what his role actually is because that's a hardcore analytics team but but you know from a leadership standpoint I, I think he's definitely you know one of the best and uh, you know I, I think he pushes his players the right way and ultimately uh you know gets the most out of them at least into the playoffs anyway (laughs) and so yeah because 
that would have been a destination team for you know an Alex Cora, AJ Hinch type guy. And there's a couple other destination teams as well. I mean, Chicago. That's this is a great time to you know go into that job. And Detroit's got a lot of their top prospects called up. So I mean, they could start spending money immediately. You know, and and start competing for that division. I feel like what you know whether they actually do or not as uh remains to be seen but that that's a team that's going to be competing more sooner than later one way or the other um you know and and they have a an opening so um so yeah so you know if roberts does get canned uh, you know it's you know an interesting year and the red sox job too i mean still open we'll probably i might i'm toying with maybe doing a um a hot stove show here before the world series ends just to talk about some of that stuff. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, um, I, Dodgers did a, a great job, you know, making adjustments and they got Anderson out of game seven after just three innings. And then mentor the guy who I agree with you was that game five. They should have just let him ride, you know, for as long as he was dealing and, you know, maybe, Maybe they would have wrapped the series up that night just to take him out when he was just rolling right through them is absolutely crazy. But he did I, he did come into mm-hmm. Game Seven and and got got knocked around. So the Dodgers made adjustments on him too. But I I understand why the Braves did what they did by pulling him after three innings of work. Um, and the reason was in the unlikely event that you need him to pitch in Game Seven and you need him to be on it, here's the thing. If the Braves lost Game 5, which they ended up doing, no way of knowing, but if the Dodgers had uh, you know, won and Minter pitches 5-plus 6 innings and you still lose the game, you can't use him Game 6 or 7. It's over. Well, so, he, he would have been relief Braves anyway did. in those games. Yeah, but he wouldn't have come in in, in Game 6 or 7 if he had pitched 60 pitches, 70 pitches. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. I, I doubt he would have come in. I think the reason why they did what they did and have him pitch three innings, just try to get three innings out of you, uh, the reason why uh, they did that and they didn't have him keep going was because they wanted the flexibility of being able to use him in Game 7. It made sense to me because what if you lose Game 5? You lose Game 6 and you lose Game 7 without your best reliever. Well, another thing, well, yeah, I guess they didn't use too many um pitchers the night before because they did get shelled but uh but yeah i don't know i just uh, right now it looks bad though in hindsight you know i that that's definitely for brian snitker i i think as he reflects back on what went wrong i mean that's got to be you know up there i I know the offense didn't do their job uh you know in a couple of those games but um but yeah I, i don't know and Anderson, you had to feel so good about that, though. And like I said, he's done after three innings. And the the Dodgers, I mean, they were tattooing his fastball. And I, it's just, it's going to be an interesting series, you know, once they see Snell for the second time, Glass now, and yeah. Uh, any any other observations on on the Braves Dodgers before we do talk about the World Series? 
what is uh what's your opinion of snicker as a manager do you think that he's like the long term should be handling that that young core there or did he just kind of have a couple of good years and should they go for maybe a, a bigger fish well, if they get the chance, that's a really interesting question because they have won the division three years in a row, and Alex Anthopoulos is their GM or whatever his title is, and he came from Toronto and he was willing to let it ride with John Gibbons all those years, and I mean I like John Gibbons, I think he's he's always a fun interview, but you know he. He, he did get the Blue Jays to the ALCS twice, so it's hard to really trash him. But at the same time, I never looked at John Gibbons as a guy that would outmanage an Alex Cora or, you know, an A.J. Hinch. And, and he didn't outmanage Francona because the Indians beat them in one of those two years. But, but the fact that Anthopolis was just comfortable with Gibbons just kind of leads me to believe he he might feel the same way with Snicker and just just stick with it for now, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what what would you like to see? Well, I just I, I think that he's a decent manager. I just worry that that's such a good young team there that I worry that he's just sort of a mediocre manager and the team will sort of cover up for some of his um, shortcomings. And maybe if they had, and I don't know who, who the name is, you know, if they had someone equivalent to an Alex Cora who could really like, you know, I think Snickers getting like maybe 80, 85% of their true potential. And maybe you bring in someone like a Cora equivalent who can get a hundred percent. Maybe it just brings the Braves to that, that next level that they're not quite at yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, Obviously, the guy has done a good job since he's been there, so maybe I'm ragging on him for no reason, but I don't know. I feel like they could do just a tad better. The players love him, though, and and that might be a factor. Um, I don't know if I've shared this with you guys, you know, because it's a couple years old, but when, when they fired Freddy Gonzalez halfway through, I think it was the 2018 season, Snitker was just the interim guy, and... John Hart was still, he must have been in there before Anthopolis. That must have been John Hart's last season as the GM. And things weren't going good. And it it was August or September. And they blew a game, the Braves did. And Hart went into Snitker's office and just berated him. And, which is, you know, part of the clubhouse. And then... Hart exits the office. He gets cut off by Nick Markakis. And Markakis said, word for word, if you ever talk to my manager again like that, I'm going to knock you the bleep out. <laughs> and oh, wow. that was, so that, that was Markakis. And I guess, you know, you'd think Freddie Freeman is the, the leader of the team, you would think. But but according to the players, it's really Markakis. And if you're slacking, he's the guy that's going to get on you. So, you know, I, the players like him. So it, it's tough. It's tough. You know, I don't. I think he's for sure going to be there next year. You know, so. Oh, yeah. We'll, see, we'll yeah. see what happens after that, you know. And, and. 
you know, but if history repeats itself, you know, with Anthopolis, I, I think he, he probably will be there for three or four years. But I, I know what you're saying, though, because part of my frustration with Farrell was that was three and a half years of Mookie Betts wasted under John Farrell, <laughs> you know, a completely yeah. incompetent manager. And, you know, and so uh, Endeavors was really good that year, that his rookie year, and had, uh, albeit in a brief series with Houston, uh, you know, had some moments in the playoffs there. And I'm like, it's a wonder he was even able to come up and, and do what he did, you know, under under Farrell. But, but yeah, so so we'll we'll see we'll see um all right so the stage is set we've got the we've got the rays and the dodgers i guess the fitting thing here is is that both teams were the number one seeds on both sides and i'm gonna take it a step further and say they probably would have been the number one seeds anyway if it was 162 games, I think the I think the Rays would have just kind of cruised. I, I don't think the Yankees had what it took to overtake them, you know, for the division at least. And and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the Twins were pretty good all year, you know, and then they just had their playoff funk. So I, I don't know. May, the Twins might have been able to to take the one seed, but but nonetheless. Both uh, both teams are, are the number one seeds on their respective uh, sides of the bracket. So, Charlie, I guess, how, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. No Houston, so this is a win. I think this series is going to go seven. Huh? Um, and the way I look at it is, from the Tampa Bay side of things, I'm closing my eyes when I say this, Blake Snell will split. I think Charlie Morton will get his clock rung once, possibly, in three games. I think Morton is going to pitch thrice. I think if, if you're smart, you have him pitch, even if it's just like an inning, because Glasnow is, is penciled in for game one against uh, Bumbles, uh, Clayton Kershaw, who I don't trust to save my life. Um I think you have to look at it from a pitching standpoint. When you go through the rotation, I think Clayton Kershaw is more than capable of losing twice and disappointing us. Um, I think that, God, the first game, I think, oh my, I'm actually, I'm struggling right now. I think the Dodgers will win game one. I think Tampa Bay will win the next two after that because Blake Snell's going two. Morton will go game three, possibly game six. Um, I think it's going to be a shocker. It's going to be a stunner. I think I'm the only one who feels this way. And I'm sorry, Mookie Betts, and to all my friends that live in L.A., I'm really sorry. I probably should be saying you guys. I really want to see Tampa Bay win this World Series in seven games. And the reason for that being is you have money bags against money ball. This is a team that has a fraction of the total payroll and always seems to be in the talks for something. And how can you not root against a team that has a budget the size of, you know, what, like two or three players in L.A.? You know? So I think Morton is going to do great. I think Snell is going to split. 
Glasnow could potentially do really well in one game. Uh, I think a Rosarena could potentially be a co-MVP with Charlie Morton. That's how confident I feel about this. Well, so Rays and seven. Uh, go, um, go ahead. Yeah, so I I do not feel the same. Um, I I'm not even sure it's going to go seven games. Uh, I'm going to go right out and say Dodgers and five. Um, I love the Rays. They're a cool story, and I know that they've proven a lot of people wrong, and they've certainly proven me wrong plenty of times. They might even prove me wrong here. Um, but the only game the Rays will win is the Clayton Kershaw game because Kershaw's a playoff bum and he's going to choke again in the World Series like he always does. Um, but then Dave Roberts will figure it out because I do think that Dave Roberts is coming into his own and he'll say, okay, well, Kershaw's not getting the ball again. So we're going to go to our other guys. Um, and I just, I, again, Dodgers just have too much firepower. I, I just don't know. If the Rays, you know, the whole manufacturing offense and all that, that worked in, you know, on the AL side of the bracket. And granted, you know, taking down the Yankees and the Astros, that's no small feat. But I just don't think it's going to be enough against the Dodgers. Um, I think Walker Bueller is going to pitch out of his mind like he has been. And I'm not sure I'm sold on the the duo of Snell and Glasnow. I think Charlie Morton will pitch well because he's proven that, as we highlighted earlier. But I'm not sold with Snell and and Glasnow. I think that, especially Snell, I think him, you know, pitching in a big game like that against a team like the Dodgers, I'm just not sure. I I don't have the best confidence in him. So it's, it's definitely a gut feeling for me. I just think the Dodgers are rolling right now. The way they won that Game 7, it's like, they sort of found their mojo, and um, I think if Mookie and Cody Bellinger start to really hit and Corey Seager keeps doing what he's doing, you've got the veterans around those guys like Justin Turner and um, you know guys like that who always perform in the postseason. I think they're just going to be too much. And the Rays will put up a fight because the Rays always put up a fight, but the Dodgers are just too much. They're too good. Um, I, I sort of think Roberts is the better manager as well. I think Kevin Cash has done a phenomenal job, but I think when he has to go up against a powerhouse like this, he's just going to be overmatched. So Rays will make it a fight because, you know, they didn't get here by accident, but I say Dodgers in five. Well, unfortunately, I'm also going to pick the Dodgers. Uh, rooting big time for the Rays that, you know, I'd love to have the narrative for the next 10 years for me to be like, well, look at that Rays team. They they did it with a $60 million payroll, you know, when I don't want to pay, you know, whatever, you know, whatever player comes up for free agency because it's going to be a monster contract. This would be something I would, I would look back on. But I'll say the... I'll say the Dodgers in six, though. I, I think the the Rays are going to be a little more scrappy. That being said, though, would I be shocked if the Rays won it in six or seven? No, I, I really wouldn't. And, uh, you know, Kevin Cash has a lot of different options here. The, the Rays pitching is by far the most dynamic of, of the two. So if... If it all clicks, I mean, I can certainly see the Rays winning this. I don't think they will. But 
Jason, I, I have to agree with you on Snell. I mean, he did pitch better in his last outing. They, I think he came out of the game in the fifth inning, and a couple of the base runners ended up scoring. So he, he did get charged for those runs. Uh, didn't give up any before that, but... Uh, but still looked looked kind of shaky. His command wasn't great, you know, throughout the playoffs. So I'd be surprised if he finds it against a team like the Dodgers, who are are you know pretty robust offensively. I think Glass now can certainly, you know, especially with his you know with his off speed stuff, you know, his slider. Um, kind of keep them at bay and and they can win game one if they're going to win game three that's the Bueller game that's when Morton's going to start I'm totally good if the if the game plan is only to keep Morton in there for five innings because you know Castillo um I always forget that pitcher's name he closed it out the other night too the, was it Nick Anderson? No, the goofy guy. He's their closer. He and he's phenomenal. I know he, he did get he did struggle a little bit in the last series. Oh, what's that guy's name? That's gonna bother me. It bothers me that I keep forgetting. He looks like he's having an anxiety attack every time he's on the mound. Oh, tall, lanky guy. Yeah, Fairbanks. Fairbanks. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it was pitched. He pitched well, though. I mean. Yep. He he scuffled, I think, in one appearance against the Yankees, but um, but has has pitched well, and he's a he's a multi inning guy, and then yeah, Castillo, Nick Anderson, um, you know they can they can certainly keep these guys uh, off balance. So, um, my concern though is this: if the Dodgers do get to Glass now, if they get to Snell. They made great adjustments uh, against the Braves, and I, I don't see why they're not going to make adjustments here against the Rays, at least against the starters. And so if Tampa gets off to a bad start, the, the, there's no coming back for them. They they probably have to win two out of the first three to, to have a chance here. Um, another thing I'll say, though, is I don't think Tampa's going to be intimidated you know they they didn't blink versus the Yankees. I know it went five games, but I don't I don't think they were shaking in their boots every time you know Aaron Judge came up to the plate and he didn't really have a great series uh, anyway. I mean, two of his you know few hits were home runs, but he wasn't really a factor. Stanton did the most damage that series, but but I just. I have to go with the Dodgers here. I don't like it. I don't want Mookie Betts to get a ring this fast. I'm fine if Joe Kelly gets one, but I, I got a big problem, you know, with Mookie. You know, the way he rejected the Red Sox as as bad as they tried to sign him. You know, and I just I, I don't want to see it. But you know, I, I think it'll be sad if I, I like Clayton Kershaw. He's a classy guy. Um, I feel bad. I, you know, his his playoff record isn't great, but you know that's a guy who should have a ring. And yeah, I made the comparison the other day. You know, at least at least Kershaw is classy and humble. You know, we had to deal with David Price and and hissy fits and all that stuff. A, a guy who doesn't handle himself very well. 
you know, and, and Kershaw is just the exact opposite of that. So if he gets a ring, I guess I'm not going to be too sad. And, um, you know, the Dodgers, they're, I don't really like Max Muncy for some reason, but but him and Mookie are the only two I just that I really can't stand. And, uh, yeah, so. Here's a interest, and I'm sure the answer is obvious, and I'm just not realizing it. But if the Dodgers win, does David Price get a ring? He I didn't don't play this year. I don't think so. Yeah, because he didn't pitch an inning. I mean, maybe yeah. they give him one. I don't know. He did pay for all the minor leaguers, I guess. But um, I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll give him like a they'll give him one as like a pat on the back. But like, he really shouldn't get one. I mean, <laughs> theoretically, <laughs> that that's a good point though because. They probably don't they have an advantage by not having him pitch because I mean, if Price's start happened to be against Charlie Morton, I mean, that's almost an automatic loss, isn't it? Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't, and I don't think he pitched very well against Tampa in the trop those last couple of years, so I, I don't even think Tampa's a good matchup for him, but um, but yeah, I just they're they're lucky he's not uh he's not on the roster cuz depending on how the matchups went that that could have been pretty ugly for him i am i am absolutely shocked and appalled to call both of you friends after voting for the dodgers in this world series no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh uh i don't like Matt. you know max muncy's whatever uh he's not the player i don't like i i i like uh hernandez a little bit in la i think julio urias is probably going to give Urias is going to give like uh, I don't know he kind of reminds me of like oh god what was his name not Scott Broches for he just not a pretty looking dude just jacked <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of him um it sucks to see Mookie over there whatever about David Price I don't care I don't want to see him get a World Series ring that fast but you know n- do you know? Do you guys know what's worse than than having to apologize once? <laughs> I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be apologizing when it goes seven games in Tampa. No. Uh, I mean, if if Tampa Bay can make this series interesting, uh, I'm I'm all about going for the underdog. Unless your name is Jose Altuve. Uh, the payroll before the season started for Tampa Bay, before they had their uh, abridged season, was seventy two point four million dollars. The Dodgers was over $222 million, more than three times that of the Tampa Bay Rays. And after the adjustment and whatnot, it went down to 28.7 for the Tampa Bay Rays, almost $95 million for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are expected to win because they've bought this year's World Series. If they do not win the World Series this year, this will go down as one of the biggest bust ball clubs ever to play the game with your team loaded, locked, and stocked with starting pitching for days. You have no excuse as to why you shouldn't beat Tampa Bay in five games. Six, if you're being generous. If this goes seven games, either way, L.A. already failed, regardless of if they win. 
I don't give a damn if Price wins a World Series ring or not. If you let a team that spent one-third, less than a third of what you guys are paying your guys, shame on you. You guys don't deserve You get a World Series ring with a little asterisk because you literally got paid with a bunch of players that aren't getting paid. Boo. You have two guys making over $10 million, uh, in Tampa Bay. There are one, two, three, four guys making 20 or more in L.A. That's not counting the other four that are making 10 plus. So I'm going with the little guy here. I've always liked Tampa Bay. I've never had anything bad to say about Tampa Bay except for Dave Price when he was there. But now he's not there anymore, so you can't hate on Tampa Bay. I always liked Evan Longoria. He's not there anymore. Um, I just think it's a fun team. I, I think you have a bunch of guys that have something to prove. You got Manuel Margot, who was discarded more than once. You have Charlie Morton, who has, uh, you know, Kush said earlier, probably one of the most underrated pitchers of the last five to six years. Definitely not talked about enough. Um, and I, I honestly think this would just give Clayton Kershaw yet another opportunity to blow it. He's like the Peyton Manning of Major League Baseball. Great during the regular season, but come playoff uh, playoff time, it's like, so fingers fingers on the seams or, or off the seams. He, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it done. So I think nothing would, would look sweeter than seeing Tampa Bay slap L.A. across the face in seven games. You know, an interesting kind of tidbit about this, you know, since we're talking about the payroll, is the general manager for the Dodgers is Andrew Friedman. He built that 2008 team in Tampa and I think was there through 2013 when we played them in the ALDS. So, you know, he he had those constraints that Tampa still has. And now he's got his dream job, you know, with a farm system that, you know, he he's built, you know, since 2014. And he's got the big payroll to go sign Mookie Betts. And, you know, if he if he loses to his old team after all that, You know, and most of these executives in Tampa probably worked under him. At least Niemeyer did. You know, Bloom did, I'm sure, as well. Um, but that's that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for Andrew Friedman if, by hook or by crook, the Rays do come away with this. Yeah, I hope they do. Um, I, I know I picked the Dodgers. I'm absolutely rooting for the race there, there's no question about it um i kind of like that the dodgers are are one of the last remaining sort of perennial chokers in the sport because uh, we lost the cubs in, t- in 2016 they had to go and screw that up and win the world series so we lost that so it's kind of nice that like the dodgers still choke the yankees have for a long time but we need another decade or two for them for it to really get bad um and i do not want to see Mookie Betts lifting the World Series trophy because if I have to deal with one more night of sitting on Twitter and watching the Bobo footy pajama baby Red Sox fans tweeting out stupid crap like 
Imagine not wanting Mookie Betts. <laughs> Imagine having him on your team and just deciding you didn't want him. Like, yeah, apparently offering a guy over $300 million means that you don't want him. Like, that's like telling your wife, honey, I bought us a mansion because I want to divorce you. Like, the pretzel logic that Red Sox fans use because they're so weirdly emotionally attached to a guy who was here five years is still so bizarre to me. And I don't get it. Like, it's it just... It, so I want him to keep losing. I, I want him to never win a World Series there. You know, I want him to go like 0 for 24 in the World Series just to further that narrative too because he sucks in the postseason. Like, oh, I'm just so tired of the Mookie Betts thing. So I hope the Dodgers lose. I hope the Rays win just to really stick it to all of baseball and the Brian Cashmans of the world who still think they can just win by spending the most money. Um, but I just, I still think Dodgers will win it, unfortunately. And it makes me sick to say that. But unfortunately, I think they probably will. Well, let's let's hope not. Like I said, you know, if Tampa wins <clears throat> two out of three to start, you know, that's that, that gives them a fighting chance anyway. But all right, we'll uh, we'll wrap on that good show. Uh, you know, it's basically the last one. I'm sure on the next uh, hot stove show we'll we'll talk about the World Series a little bit and and how it did go. But uh, yeah, been a been a fun uh, postseason. What's that, Charlie? Count me in. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, all right. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Have a good night, guys. Take care, y'all. All right. See you later. The World Series. Another thing I forgot to say is um, there there actually is days off in this uh, World Series after Game Two and after Game Five, which is normally how it's staggered out. So that's going to help the um, the alignments of of the the rotation as as we go deeper. Uh, into it if it does go deep into uh, the series you know to games five six and seven so so we'll see that's just something to keep in mind you know the game two starter would typically go game six and then the game three starter would typically go game seven and uh, of course game one would go game five so so we'll we'll see how it goes but uh, like I said hope you enjoyed it and uh, starts uh, basically you know, tonight by the time you guys uh, get to this on your morning commute. Uh, So take care.